0: I like this too You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast With your hosts L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist Teacher and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery James Chet of
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Paint Town Podcast. I'm James. This is Teach. We're sitting here today with the other founder of LA Square Gallery, my man Mitchell Lau, man. Doom's. Yeah, what's up, (laughs) y'all? Doom's in the house. It's awesome, man. (laughs) So it's just so awesome to have a reunion with you, man. I know. You're so busy these days, bro. Like, honestly, Teach, uh, you know, you you met us kind of at the same time, man. Yeah. Right? 2011 right so, yeah, absolutely um,
2: 2011 you guys came to my studio and, and you guys filmed mm-hmm. an interview mm-hmm. and it was like the best quality <laughs> production your yes. story. that Definitely. that I had for a long time and still <laughs> it's one of the best production quality uh, interviews oh, that I ever man? did
1: yeah it was awesome because yeah. Mitch shot it and then I, I remember mm-hmm. editing it you, you know what I mean and then so it was like such a collaborative effort yeah. and now we're here sitting here today man like it's just like you know, sure. it comes full circle man you know so dude welcome man this is like a you know a result of like what we started so many years
2: ago dude. seven years ah, ago it's so
0: nostalgic not only like that like i'm so grateful and appreciative of james, james. right here <laughs> homie that i've known ever since college yeah dude put ever it ever this since way
1: know, i've literally known this guy since uh so um in santa barbara we went to uc santa barbara yes mitchell's actually um originally from well he grew up in the Santa Barbara area Mm -hmm. and then so we would have fraternity parties and sometimes um this time i didn't even dj yet okay because i started djing in 2002 and then so we would have to hire djs if our house dj was um out of town so we would be like oh oh, i know this filipino dude (laughs) (laughs) yes the filipino dude (laughs) no seriously and then they're like this guy would show up with the speakers, and then like yeah. you know, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, we played the Lambda House," you know. What I mean, because that that was my fraternity house, man. But uh, it's <laughs> a long time ago, man. Like I said, I've known you since two thousand two. Yeah, that's I okay, guess oh, like sixteen, sixteen years, sixteen man. years.
0: That's like fa- the, that's like if if we had a kid, it would be in high school. <laughs> yeah.
1: be able to. That's right. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? exactly, man. So. I don't mean to give out so many personal details. Like, we may cut some of this out, man. Like, okay? like, I don't mean to do that. No, know? no, no, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? But That's just so
0: funny that you know about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, it's,
1: it's been that long, man, that we've yeah. uh, we actually known each other. And honestly, it's just amazing to see how everybody's so successful these days in doing yeah. their own projects, man, you know. And, um, again, dude. That's my introduction for you, dude. Is there anything you want to say to the uh, you know audience so far, man?
0: So um, James mentioned, you know, uh, we yeah we founded LA Street Art Gallery. and this LA
1: Street Art You
0: know, it's it's really cool to actually be here, actually with you, teacher because it reminds me of that that time of my life, right? You know, there's times that I I look back on my life. I'm like, you know what? There's certain periods that are very you know amazing in my in my memory and it gives you that certain feeling, right? Like that smell, that perfume, or, yeah. or the taste of some food. Like, that's how it is right now, looking at all this art, I'm like, oh my god, I remember those days that we used to go out, I used to have my Canon T3i, this can, uh, really Rebel Series like DSLR camera, and I was just getting into videography. I've always been a producer, I, I produced feature films, I used to manage writers and directors, quit, you know, started a I'm saying what? Yeah used to He's do what? Manage yeah. who? Writers and directors. For? In Hollywood. For features, animation, comic books, and TV. For how? Wait, how?
2: Okay. Yeah. How Random. did you come into that job?
0: Basically, well, after college, I interned at Miramax. Then at Miramax, I got a job working for this producer. The producer, I hopped on to another job where I worked for team managers and producers. And then I became manager under them. A place called Chatrone and at first I was like, this is cool, I like it, you know, I'm in the industry that I wanted to be in when I went into school, mm-hmm. just during that time, I was like, you know, late 20s, I was like, dude, I can do this, my own. I gotta, I just gotta get out, you know, I gotta work for myself, I just have a very entrepreneurial spirit, so, that's when I, that's when we reconnected, that's when me and James reconnected, he caught me at the exact good time, and then we just created LA Street Art Gallery, yeah. and, and then- it's amazing exactly, and you know what? The thing is, Mitch
1: was building his portfolio for his video pr- productions basically at mm-hmm. that time, and then so uh, what better and interesting area to kind of build a lot of? Uh, we were both really trying to figure out entrepreneurship at that mm-hmm. time, man. And it was like, I was telling him, I was like, we need to build some samples basically of like your videography, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, um, so you know, he had already had this uh, a previous uh, venture, Strife TV, which mm-hmm. is a b-boying channel um, that you work on right so he yeah. had that and he also wanted to include some art and he wanted to include music too and now he does like you know videos for like you know all Spotify, those like Spotify yeah. and then like clients. exactly yeah. the food nice. clients the rave scene you, you know oh, yeah, what I mean yeah, and, yeah, okay. and all that stuff runs the rave train TV you, you know I mean so wait how long were you managing
0: for about three years three three years I had a lot of clients. Wow. And that's actually a we Actually, one of my projects right now that I'm working on is this web series from one of my ex-clients. We always kept in touch. And after all these years, he connected with me. His name is David O'Neill. We created this project called The Asylum. Well, he created it and then brought me on as a producer and director. And um, it was like this old... Idea that I love when I was a manager, like, I really liked this idea. And then he contacted me one day and was like, hey, "You know, I would love for you to you know work on this and direct the first episode." And I was like, "Awesome! That'd be great because I love this idea." And so we, long story short, we just created a um, Instagram storyboard and also a TV bible and a pilot script. At the same time, it's this website. It tells a story about the asylum, which is this organization in purgatory. And decides if you go to heaven in hell. And so it follows the um, journey of a soul. It just gets there and has to chase down 49 rogue souls that escaped. Nice. Well, nice. So, man. That sounds, dude, That's. I'm, I'm hooked. Really. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting. Oh, I like the preface. Very cool. That's from one of my um, ex-clients. And um, it just reminds me because like, when you said that, like a lot of the people back then that I met, they kind of trained me on about story. You know, especially a lot of the writers that I managed, and we're just friends with, just how to tell stories. You know, just the hero's journey.
2: The hero's journey, exactly. I was talking about that earlier today. Mm -hmm. My uh, my wife has uh, gotten into doing a little bit more writing, directing, and um, she was able to take the uh, Alice in Wonderland story Mm -hmm. and make it into a hero's journey. Nice. So. Um, we've been trying to get that movie made for about four years now Uh, just because mainly working with German film funds and the way they do everything starting with the money and how it's opposite over here Um, but uh, now it looks like we may actually get uh, some funding and it will uh, start in the spring of next year um, but yeah so you know when it comes to um, you know uh, working with films and and um, you know it is uh, that's tough, man. Yeah. That's some tough stuff. you, you yeah. You've, you've got to have some connections. You got to have some talent, and mm-hmm. and you got to be able to get along with people. Yeah. You know.
0: And it's all, all about your connections, your networking, financing, packaging. You got the right package. Oh, yeah, man. This
1: guy, w- when he first brought me into. Uh, I guess it just brought me into his world in terms of okay, this is kind of like at that time I was a pharmaceutical sales still, and he was a, <laughs> a <laughs> he drug <manager>. dealer. Yeah, <laughs> he was a manager at that time. We lived in a very different time. man. Yeah. I had a, I was engaged. I, I lived at a, a oh, house in right. Pasadena, yes. a condo in Pasadena. Right. You know what I mean? And then um, it just long, long time ago, man. And it's just like it's just so crazy how like now when you look at it, it's been we've been working at it. So uh, so long that yeah. some, I was telling teach sometimes it's like you experience those successes and it's not even as sweet because you've been working so goddamn hard at it. Like mm-hmm. you gotta, forget you gotta, how to take a you uh, you take, know, take a, a vacation. I enjoy. But if, just, I'm just saying, just, I like to take a look at life. A lot of times, like what happened five years ago? Am I better five years ago? Am I better 10 years ago? And mm-hmm. then that's like, those are good markers to kind of like, all right, because if you kind of just, you know, you want to get to the goal so badly that like, uh, um, you know like I said I, I gotta learn everybody's gotta learn to like stop and enjoy it too you yeah. know what I mean so
0: yeah it's, it's crazy you say that because I had a conversation with my friend last night because I've been feeling like this lately that everyone's kind of in this October funk I think it's with a um, few of my creative friends and uh, even my friend she called me last night She's like you know I'm just not feeling right I just don't feel it anymore I don't feel motivated or passionate or like just having a bad night and I had a conversation with someone else about that and I feel it's because with the way it is now with creativity and art, people are getting uh, really famous really fast. And people are trying <laughs> to really compare themselves a lot to people. Like, I actually have 50,000 followers, I actually have 100,000. And it's at the end of the year right now and we're like getting older and we're just like, holy shit, you know, people are blowing up around me. You know, it's my time to shine. So I gotta what have like, I accomplished? What have I accomplished? But at the same time, I was like, to my friend, was, like, look, like, you need to look back at the years, look at the good times. Like, what did you accomplish? what oh, was so awesome about it. Like, I look back on my head this year, I'm like, dude, i have been to seven countries. You know? And I'm just like, I'm just like, at the end of the year, I'm like, oh yeah, I've traveled this year. Cool. You know? Yeah. Like, when I got paid to go to, uh, to teach for Google, i um, in Jakarta. So I taught for Google and YouTube in nice. Jakarta. That's Whoa! Nice. Took a side trip to Bali, and just had a trip in Bali. Nice. nice. Beautiful. Nice. So I was, I was um, back when me and James met, like, my whole thing was like, I wanted to create a life where I can do whatever I want. Do things I love and get paid for it. So everything is a business expense where I can just be like, oh, cool. You know, I'm gonna go to this EDM festival. Oh, it's a business expense. Oh, they actually pay me to do it. Oh, they actually pay me to go. Oh, cool. You know, I love to do that. Oh, you know, breaking and hip hop. Well, I love hip hop. Oh, cool. I get to like film like the best b-boys in the world through Stripe TV and you know go to like you know events. Amazing. And then like it's it's just cool that we're here now because. All of the video work that I do now, it's like, like you said, we were talking about it earlier, like life and work has melted. And now it's tough because you try to separate yourself from that. And it's like, am I wasting time, you know, trying to separate myself or am I actually healing myself?
1: Yeah, I feel you on that. man. And you know, here's the thing there's always that, like, uh, that what they say is, like, um, do what you love and never work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? you know what, I agree with that to some point, man, but also fuck whoever said that because you know what, doing what you <laughs> love is <laughs> fucking hard work. Right? Like, Sometimes yeah. it is. <laughs> yes. You know, you know what I mean? Especially when it comes yeah. to the arts business. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because like, you know, um, I saw somewhere it was like, dude, art is the sh- shit nobody pays you to do too. <laughs> like, you, you know, that's like your personal kind of like, mm-hmm. th- like when you're making an album, man, it's like, um, nobody's gonna, you gotta kind of have that, either that history or you gotta have like, an album, May first, and then you got to shop it around to to different like record labels and stuff like that, or just you've been a prolific artist your whole life, and now it's like okay, uh, you want you're doing a joint project with someone who's putting up the money, you know what I mean? So, like I said, man, I've just learned so much about being an artist, um, being a musician by talking to all these different people that uh, on this podcast this year, man, and it's all because uh, like I said, seven years ago we had this like. Uh, domain that we found <laughs> you know. I remember very saying, wisely
2: uh, yeah. took <laughs> and you know
1: what I, I, I basically i remember sitting with him at this bar in culver city basically i met with him it was like a thai place or something like that or it might have been downtown la or something like that but anyways uh, but i still remember this conversation i was like hey man what do you think about this idea dude and at that time we wanted to build an app mm-hmm. that mapped out all the different street art you know around around the area i mean instagram kind of just did that on its own eventually and also it's google
0: too
2: google
1: too right but the point is like um i think what we eventually learned is that hey we don't we're just best like just keeping people updated and then Mm -hmm. keeping people like you know whatever we think is cool if we observe and report yeah exactly i love that you know what i mean and um you know it's it's kind of taken us here and um I, I just think it's amazing, this journey that we've, we've been on in the past, like, seven years. You, you, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's quite fun. Okay. Yeah, I'll with it. Yeah. yeah, man. So it's kind of just like, it's kind of like, um, like I said, did you, like I said, there's been moments that I've been frustrated about LA Short Gallery, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I mean? And so has Mitch, man. Because it's like, you know what, at the end of the day... Like we've always we tried to throw we threw a huge art show before, remember? Oh my god, forty five with with forty uh, artists. Yeah
0: with, with, with do art. With do art foundation. You're Allen. back remember that Pete? Remember that? that one? That was like two thousand and thirteen, fourteen. I remember it was in downtown LA and that yeah. was a it was a, it was a crazy time. I loved I loved that little show. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then
1: we threw it exactly, and uh I'm saying if you look back on it, it's just like it's just all this experience that we kind of like We've put into it, but the point is that, hey, uh, whenever you talk to people about Ellie shirt gallery, at least they know what it is, man. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, you know, and um, that's some, if you want to talk business terms, that's like brand
0: recognition, it right? Yeah. Well, what I, what I like
2: is that you guys um, have actually positioned yourself to where now um, you can actually kind of take some steps to present this new, you know, um, platform and media, uh, opportunity for all the street artists. (laughs) And, you know, now that, uh, this is coming into fruition, um, you know, that's, that's (laughs) kind of like what I would expect you guys to develop into. You know, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to see what, uh, what's coming next. Yeah, it's really cool to talk. About. Yeah, 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 it's, it's
1: really cool to talk about because, like I said, when, uh, like I said, there's been moments where both me and him were like, oh, dude, fuck street art, man. Like seriously, it's so like tough to, dude, like, me work too with Yeah, me too sometimes. got it's twin weird. kids, you know, I mean? wife, all and this other stuff like, going on. And
2: then you're like, but oh,
1: we already started, so I'm just gonna keep on. Like, dude, you know what? There's a guy we need to give a shout-out to, man. Yeah. Ed Munoz, dude. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, you don't know who this guy is. Okay. Ed Munoz. Ed Munoz, okay. He basically was like a uh, I just intern or a helper for LA Street Art Gallery, man. Yeah. I would say for a good solid year when me and Mitchell, were always just working on other projects, man. Yeah. This guy just, just like was doing it by himself,
0: and like, yeah. <laughs> and then he also, carried the <laughs> torch, yeah, yeah. Torch. and also
1: Bridge carries torch, yeah, too. yeah you, you, my you son know, I mean? to exactly, but it was, <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. it's just so crazy that it's like, it was a movement that, um, dude, people believe in it, too, and even that moments when, like, we're, like, kind of just, like, all right, whatever, well, know? there's ebbs
2: and flows, yeah. I think, when it comes to this type of thing, you know, there's, there's times when things are going off you know, um, which what got it all started was when Banksy, you know, came in here and did his thing and that kind of started the first flow, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then you you look for opportunities and, and, and possibilities and, you know, they last for a little while. But then, like I was saying, you got a bunch of street artists that come and go because they think that you know they get up in the streets and they're going to get in the galleries and once they're in the galleries, you never see them in the streets anymore. And then once they don't start selling the galleries anymore, then they, then they're gone. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, well, that's, the li- that's the that's the livelihood. That's, so, right that's the <laughs> livelihood of the yeah. of the
2: situation. You know. That's so true.
0: No, that's because I'm I'm thinking about it now because talking about opportunities, I quit my job then because I started a YouTube channel. All right, in 2008, called Stripes TV, and while I was working as a manager. We grew it to um, like 35,000 during that time and it was a big amount for that YouTube channel. And we got uh, picked up by Fullscreen Network. And I was like, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna quit my job now because I realized that the future was in digital, like digital videos, like DSLR uh-huh. videos. And then like, I should just start filming. And so I was filming at Strife and then what happened was when James and I talked, we were talking about a movie actually, there was an actual character that we had that actually goes well, the street artists that we wanted to actually promote. <laughs> um, and uh, I just picked up my camera. I was like, you know what? We can't make this movie. How would we just film my artists, right? And I was doing that for Strike TV. So I was like, no, I think, I, let me practice, you know? That's why I give a lot of like uh, props to James, what we created with LA Street Art Gallery, and all the street artists that I filmed, and LA Canvas, you know, one of the our partners. I remember that them. You know, I, it really cut my teeth with video. Like, that video that I did with you and James, like, I was just learning. Like, I was mind a camera, like, I don't even know what the ISO and the aperture. Well, Mitch studied film at this really? too. Yeah, too. You started film too. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. he was learning how to
1: use the tools, maybe, mm-hmm. like, okay, but the point is, I mean...
2: Well, they did a damn good job on the learning on the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like, you heard me say that, I don't know if you guys remember hearing me say it, that when I was talking about the video you guys did, Is yeah. still one of the best... Production qualities videos I've had done. Thanks, like, you know man. So what? that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty damn good, Mitch. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> no, man,
0: and, and i built so much after. Like I actually went back to LA Shortcut Gallery YouTube page, and I'm like looking back and I'm, like, oh my god, we did this show for Estria. It was our first show that we filmed, and Astrea, it was, the Estrella, right? and um, it was this LA show, and it was I forgot what the call. It was. Um, the show of all these uh, California artists, or just street artists, but it was being put on by the MCLA. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of the first videos that I did at, on L.A. Art Gallery, and we interviewed um, Estria, and I was like, this is fun. Like, I was like, this is, like, gonna be really cool. He's Hawaiian.
1: Oh, okay. Basically, it, after, uh, it's called...
0: It was called like Legends of the Street. Legends or of the Street. Or something yeah. like that, you know? And then I mean? we Yeah, dude. And that was the first that was our first one. And then we were just like, okay, we're gonna do this again. So we went to another one. Yeah. I think it might have been it wasn't Plastic Jesus, it was somebody else, where we went to another event, covered it, filmed it. And no one was doing it at, the, at that time because mm-hmm. like I said, like YouTube was just new. You know. It was still new back in two thousand twelve, like two thousand eight. Yeah. People were like, Yeah, YouTube is okay. People were like, thinking I was crazy to quit my job for YouTube. Imagine saying that now, right? Because now, how <laughs> lucrative some YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. everybody just says their own shit. It's like, man. everybody's their own production company. Basically, it is. That's where we are
1: today. Like... And it really is, man. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the music aspect, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, uh, Mitch has always been, like, a great DJ. Like, mentioned in college, he would DJ, like, fraternity parties and things like that. And then, uh, you know, he's always been a DJ on the west side. Where do you currently DJ at right now? Uh, like, at Townhouse. Townhouse. At yeah, in Denmonte. In yeah, And the um, Virgil. Exactly, and the Virgil, too. And then, you know, he's uh, let me on the sta- all stages that he, he's, like, been on, too. So I've always, like, really appreciated that, too, man. And yeah. just, like, let's just talk about DJing for a yeah. second. Because we've been talking about it. Right there. Um, uh, we've been talking about how, like, it's really interesting uh, how musicians and visual artists, they kind of have a connection because... At the end of the day, when you release music, you have to put some art to it, right? Mm-hmm. You know that's the way to release it. And also, it's like there's so much, uh, especially for musicians and you know and uh, visual artists, you have to do so much work before anybody gives you any money to do it. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I don't know, man. Tell me, like, what's your history of like how you start DJing? Like, yeah, anything like that. So
0: I started DJing. It was in, I was 15 years old. Okay, it's it a it's a while ago, <laughs> and it's because I saw DJ Hubert uh, perform at Audiotistic uh, way back in like the late 90s and I was like this is a Filipino guy DJ I mean it's like a DJ and I was like <laughs> alright so this is how I did it I, I I think I had like a I asked my mom for a loan she was yeah, actually told me the story before it's crazy I asked my mom for $500 loan to get t- turntables my first two vinyl she was like okay and so, me and my cousin and my friends, we would all pitch in for vinyl. Uh, this is like a crazy story, kind of looking back at this, because this is old school DJ. So, we would have vinyl that would go to record stores in Santa Barbara and Ventura, and we were called Party Breaks. And there were these, um, all the top um, rap, hip hop tracks, like on these compilation records, where they had four, eight bar um, instrumentals in the beginning of it to create a seamless mix. So we would stack these crazy vinyl while we were DJing parties in high school. So I remember just doing like, cause I, I was, uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara. And so Santa Barbara has like an affluent part of the city where there's a lot of mansions. Mm-hmm. So we used to have mansion parties. Like we we're 16, 17 years old, like parents would leave the house and we're talking about mansions. And we'd just be like a bunch of kids, me DJing with my friends <laughs> while we have a bunch of people just partying, raging hard. And our turntables, it was so funny cause we were like, no, we we're broke we we're like little kids so we'd buy one turntable and then someone else would buy an upgrade of that turntable and i'd buy another upgrade so we always had like these missing, <laughs> like uneven turntables and then all of a sudden we got our techniques and then i got my other techniques and i was like i'm going all in and when i got my techniques and i got my um i think it was a, a stanton sk2f and I think i got a vestax too that's when like uh, my passion for it grew more we I mean, have better equipment and, sure. you know, anything. You know what I'm saying like it's just like when you have like a t3i camera and now I have a Panasonic GH5 and I'm like shooting 4k in 60 frames per second techniques like for my Gemini excel 100s it's like it's a huge step that's like riding a bike and then driving a Ferrari <laughs> so like, <laughs> um, anyway so I was uh, DJing um, high school parties and I got into college DJing frat parties like a James's frat and then afterwards my um, like in my early 20s I got into the workforce so I started Interning at you know, Miramax and then working at. Oh, the expertise. workforce. Yeah.
2: I thought you said the world force. I thought it was like yeah, a special, yeah. special DJ uh, click. Yes. The <laughs> yes. With the world force. Like DJ worldwide. Like Dr. Dre's uh, crew, the record crew. So, yeah. the you workforce. Know, the workforce. Yeah. Work yeah, work
0: yeah. So we toured, me and the workforce toured you know, for like t- three months. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You know, and I got back from the workforce, you know, like, you know, uh, <coughs> it was all about just, you know, finding myself in the film industry so I stopped DJing. So got into the film industry, that was my second passion. You know, like videography, film, entertainment. Like, you I studied film that. at UC Santa Barbara mm-hmm. too. So I graduated from UC Santa Barbara with a film studies degree. And after that, I was like, I'm gonna get into the film industry. What they don't teach you in film school, which I hope they teach kids now, is that it's not about just making films and then whatever the good product is, you're gonna make, you're gonna make money and then you're gonna get investment. No, it's it's a grind and then you have to learn about the business. So I didn't know about the business. I didn't know about development, managing, uh, studios and production companies. I had a faint, you know, like, you know, knowledge about it, but I wasn't really knowledgeable about it enough where my first job I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was an assistant to a producer and I was like, I don't know what an assistant does. But I was doing you know, like mailing stuff out. You know what Can you
2: you
0: Assist. Copy, assist, like Hollywood assistant bullshit style. So <laughs> I started like losing my um, like my drive for like creativity, and then that's when I um, started DJing with my friends, um, the come up crew, and we used to do these parties in uh, Pasadena, at the. When so, you're we're we're at Silver Lake for, too, yeah. right? Yeah yeah yeah, Silver Lake. yeah, 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 yeah. So I moved into Silver Lake out of college with my friend in high school we started DJing together. His name is Mike, Spiky Mike, and we <laughs> were still DJ here my and too. there. Mike too. <laughs> every once in a while, I'll get a random like club gig or something, but then. We met these other DJs. We found a place in Pasadena. We had a residency, and we used to just DJ. After that, I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm back in my passion again. I love this." Always made mixtapes. Always, you know, uh, mix when I was at home. <laughs> and then it was uh, when I re met my friend Shiva uh, a few years later, and she got me into like the LA circuit and like really understanding like the different clubs and people in the community. And that's how I got into the Virgil Townhouse in Del Monte. During that whole time, like, DJing has always been this therapy session for me. It's literally a place where I find my flow state, mm-hmm. it's a place where I meditate, and it's a place where I feel f- completely free. Like, I get that, I am gonna throw headphones that. on, I'm gonna put some speakers on, I'm gonna turn it up, no one bother me. I'm even like on my DJ, on my, DJ cha- on my um, Instagram, on Doom's official,
2: um, <laughs> I, do this,
0: <laughs> I do these things called Turn Up Tuesdays where I come up with um, one to two minute mixes on the spot really in the morning I wake up I had come up with an idea in my head like okay I want to do like a word play with the the word bounce so I was like oh yeah what's that song oh yeah bounce from Lemon I was to Lemon bounce with me now bounce with me and then mm-hmm. like every time I hear these um, songs I get ideas in my head because I've been teaching for so long mm-hmm. that it's almost like if I don't get it out I get really antsy like I have to DJ now <laughs> like it's, it's you know what it's fun it's definitely man and you know
1: like I said, you, you started DJing, like, a little bit before I did, and I definitely learned quite a bit from you. And nowadays, like, people don't even understand really what a DJ is because, like, yeah. the idea of a producer <laughs> and a DJ, you know, they think DJ is the guy that plays the music in front of the festivals, man. Like, it, But it's yeah. so much more complicated than that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, before, back in the day, especially uh, the DJ that Mitchell was talking about, Cuber, um, like this guy's the scratching kind of DJ, you know, right. It's, 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 that's right. You that's know, what some people think yeah, about yeah, when they exactly. think that That's like the hip-hop element of it. at the end of the day It's just getting people to dance like or yeah. creating unique sounds, you know, what yeah. I mean and the idea of producer and DJ kind of blurs a little bit. It's kind of interesting because um, as Electronic music has become so popular um, electronic musicians don't do the scratching because it's a hip-hop thing mainly mm-hmm okay mm, so true. now since electronic dance music is more popular at the moment i would say um in the mainstream mm-hmm. y- y- you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like uh, you know people like i said think that oh if you're a dj you must produce music as well too which that isn't that that's a completely different art so i always feel like the mm-hmm. actual dj art man is getting lost really, yeah you know what i mean in terms yeah. of like, you know, mixing, vinyl, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, Mixing, exactly. Yeah, like,
0: even with, with mixing now, because they have this thing called sync. All right, it's a sync button. Back in the day, you know, us DJs <laughs> had to listen in one headphone.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, oh, my the god. music that's
0: about to play, and then the music that's playing and now. And wait, and wait
2: for it, and wait, and wait for exactly. it, and then now.
0: Yeah, you actually mix the BPM. So this yeah. BPM is going to be faster. Whatever's playing is slower, so you have to slow down whatever you're going to throw in. So that was about you know mix um, syncing up the kicks and the snares, hmm. making sure that they always um, hit at the same time. Right. For that's for just really true for EDM and hip hop, uh, for funk and jazz and everything. It's all about the rhythm. You just have to like be that. Um, uh, ex- I would say not really like expert in it, but like if you really are like a musical person, you can feel the rhythm of a, of a certain song. Sure. So yeah, no, I mean like. Uh, I mean, it's just like like I said that the word DJ like for the
1: layman term, like, people just, I don't know. I mean, let me, let me ask you, Teach. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. really in, in this game, so when, you, when I say, like, DJ, you know, I mean, do you think of a guy on the turntables or do you think of a guy like, playing, like, you know, I mean, playing the, the DJ music, the house music, you know, I'm just curious.
2: <laughs> well, it. Um, you you know, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when someone says that they're a DJ, um, you know, back when I was younger, <laughs> um, the DJ basically meant uh, the guy that, played the music. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there the came radio. yeah. And then there became there as it was an MC. Yeah. And then to okay, me okay. an MC mm-hmm. was the guy that did the we
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: Whether that's the right terminology well, or not.
1: You know what? For example, because the MC at the beginning was the DJ, man. When Dr. Dre was first playing electro, he was on the mic as well, like hyping up the crowd. So mm-hmm. he was the DJ and the MC. Mm-hmm. Master of ceremonies. And then the, the MC became the rapper, like in the hip hop world, you know? Right. That's mm-hmm. why it's like, you got guys like Cali. I mean, they're like uh, MCs, but then I really like master of ceremonies mm-hmm. become like another term for the rapper. So like I'm just saying, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well
2: Well, yeah. that was just kind of how I, yeah. just, kind of segregated it I guess yeah but you know nowadays when I hear someone saying that they're they're a DJ then you know I, I, I picture them being you know able to mix music and mix rhythms and you know take old finals and and but maybe you, still a little bit of, of this but it's <laughs> it's not as much as a part of the music as as the the hip-hop do you yeah. expect them
1: do you expect like if you somebody says they're a DJ that oh they make music on their computer just curious Uh, i mean like i feel like that's kind of like the new thing for like oh if you're a dj that means you make music on your computer like (laughs) you know yeah well i
2: i I wouldn't expect it i would expect like you know if a dj is going to come for a party something like that that i expect him to have like uh, uh you know some sets of music that he likes to play um but uh you know as far as doing anything other than that
1: Okay. Yeah, but teaches Gen X too. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so exactly. I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm forty nine years old and happy
2: and healthier than I've ever been. That's right. You know, I, I don't
1: know. I just think it's like yeah. really Yeah. Interesting. Man.
2: No,
0: and I feel the same way because, like, um, so we rave train, right? Yeah, let's like, talk about raving, man. It's okay. yeah, so <laughs> a raving. So raving. I, just, yeah. I was uh, already too old
2: by the time raving so this came. Is,
0: this is. Uh, I want to. This is really funny because uh, two parts of my life is about hip hop and. Mm-hmm raving because when i started in hip-hop i also raved i went to my first the first um time i saw cubert was at a rave um called audiotistic yeah audiotistic was a rave and also a hip-hop concert so I got into trance music and I was a straight up raver. I had Jinko jeans and a visor, a Tommy Hilfiger shirt, ble- bleach blonde tips with candy and a hey, gas the mask. Bubble <laughs> yeah, I, was a the fucking, gas I was a great, I'm a raver.
1: You don't know about the gas mask teach? Yeah. Well, you have to put the, okay, so when, when people allegedly do ecstasy, they have to wear <laughs> yes. they, they have to wear the gas mask. Why? Because they put Vicks on the inside of the gas mask. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, so oh, and it you, opens you, everything when, yeah, up and you, it, it makes it more.
2: Intense exactly, sure, I get <laughs> that. Yes. exactly. So,
1: so, I'm just saying, like, it's interesting because like, I'm a bit of a scientist, <laughs> <laughs> it's just really interesting because, like, me and Mitch, uh, like, we didn't really know, I mean, we didn't really hang out in college, man. I mean, I knew of him because, like, we party and then I'd see him around, and like I said, he would was play that's dating all these chicks, like, yeah. You know <laughs> Gift of gab, um, exactly. So I was like, "Cool, man!" Like, no, but later on, as I was already starting to DJ, I was like, "Do I want to connect with this guy who I went to college with?" And then one of the major things that we connected on is these underground parties, man. Like, yeah. mean, we would go to like yes. warehouse parties, like yes, a lot is. together, man. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like we would go to these massive like festivals, and, you know what too. I mean? And and like uh, you know, and the one of the things I love about the the underground warehouse party, to be honest, nobody actually initially started going for the music. You know what I mean? Initially, it was just like kind of like a secret party that sure. you, know, you, you get a flyer and the, the day of, you call a number and they tell you the
2: address. That's of, enough right there. <laughs> <You know laughs> right? That's enough yeah. of a pull right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. What? Well, a secret party? You got to get the number? You don't have, You don't know what it is right now? You got to wait <laughs> yeah, for this shit? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I got to go dude. see this. Yes.
1: You know, and then honestly, it was just like the craziest party. It would be like in the sketchiest areas right by Skid oh, Row. Yeah. You open up a warehouse. It's like seriously like sketchy and you know what i mean when you're parking but once you open up that door to that warehouse like boom like a thousand people are raving you know what I mean? it's just like it's amazing man like, you know what I
0: mean? there was t- there was times like where you would go to like a rave and then you would have your like your trance heads your drum and bass heads <laughs> your house heads your yeah. like candy ravers your like etards like and you go in and it's like a it's like a circus. But it's like
2: this everyone was so free. It sounded like uh, five different types of nationalities which you're yeah, just yeah. going into like a little <laughs> yeah, this miniature. Is, this is
0: what it's yeah. brilliant about Ravetrain, man. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about so Ravetrain. This is ah, oh, that's why I, like I don't really appreciate it like about like Ravetrain and life in general because you know, Ravetrain was created by my friend uh, Danny Ho, who came to me and I was like, Hey, him and Hugh, we all created it together. They came to me and they said, Hey. Um, we're going to do this um, idea, it's kind of like a soul train but with um, dancers and EDM music. And I was like, cool. Um, I had Strike TV during that time and we're like, you know, let's collaborate. So we started it and I was raving back in the day where it was, you know, uh, a few raves, they're called massives, and it wasn't mainstream. Like you would still call it electronica, like EDM. That. Term it didn't, didn't, didn't even exist. That
1: term didn't come until, like, I'm gonna say, like, 2011 or something 12. like that. So yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like damn did, like sure that. didn't know it. First yeah, it's finished yeah, House <laughs> Austria, VG, Yeah, like, yeah. And all yeah, that came exactly.
0: out. So, like, there was a time where I didn't rave that much. Actually, let me take that back. I was going to, like, Monster Massive. <laughs> we went to the big party. We, we went to the big the warehouse that's party. That's like, yeah. I've been raving all my life. I just realized that. <laughs> 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 so, Rave Train, what, what we did is that we created this show. What happened with this show is that we started just growing our brand. So we had the show where we would invite DJs to DJ and then dancers would come in and then we would film it. And so it's a one out, uh, 10 minute show, DJs, dancers, boom. That's mm-hmm. it. And so we're actually filming our season six coming up at Studio School at LA Studios in one month. Wow. Um, and so uh, we started doing this show and then we started getting a, a lot of people hitting us up about video work because we were just doing videos. Mm-hmm. After the show, we we we'll create ancillary co- uh, um, content, and then all of a sudden we we'll do you know an event here, and then we we'll do a uh, film of a brand over here, and so now we've collab- we're collaborating with you know clothing brands, uh, promotional companies, and we're filming at festivals covering festivals, filming artists. We're also um working with brands to create contact uh, content with them, sure. and it's we become influencers. Nice. And what's cool about it is that um with the Raven community mm-hmm. now. It got really huge like around 2012 until like no 2016 and 17, right? There's like a huge it's rise of hip-hop really, right yeah. now, which is so cool. Trap! And trap, yeah. of course, oh, trap, trap, trap mobile and rap. Yeah. And for me, like, I just think that how what EDM is now is that it's becoming back into its niches. Like it's going into like, oh, you got your techno heads, right? Then you got your house heads. People who <laughs> go to Desert Hearts. People who go to Birdie Man. People who go to Coachella. People who go to Hard, you yeah. know? Now you have these click. I'm sorry, not click. Sorry about that, guys. You just have these different groups, <laughs> associations, <laughs> where it's like... Another clique state. I've got a dream state. Right? We've yeah. got a dream state, too. Like
1: the trance heads, you know? and right? everybody's like... That's what I'm saying. Like, to you, like, it's, like, it's, it's all techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know. know. No, no, I'm, I'm starting to pick up on what you're talking about. No, I'm just saying that it's a generational thing. Like, for Gen X, everybody called it techno. You know And then for us, for my generation, everybody called it fucking trance. You know I And then now, it's like uh people call it started calling it progressive house even though it's like these but the thing is like it, at the end of the day it's just like you, you know it's like electronic dance music i hate that term edm yeah, know, but they really coined it like you know it's, it's a, genre. It's a you genre you know what i mean and it's huge you know what i mean so what is what is edm electronic dance music yeah yeah you, you know what i mean so it's like that's what you know the main thing is like what's interesting now is that um these big companies like Live Nation, who used to do like rock bands and things like that, yeah. like you know, what I mean, they're behind these concerts now, and it's become an oligarchy. That means where,
2: they make money. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and but it's become an oligarchy where they promote the same artists over and over and over again at these things because they know, you know, it's become like pop music, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, you have your stars, you have your Britney Spears, and she's gonna span like six six records, and you, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. because she has the best producers, and it's crazy, man. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. <clears throat> all these guys now once they're in that sucked up in that big vacuum it, they have ghost producers you know mm-hmm. I mean they don't even make their own music okay mm-hmm. so what they do is they get a young guy and say oh you want to come up right <laughs> okay you got to ghost produce for me for two years and then you, I'll take you on tour with me and you can open up for me and then basically then they just kick you to the curb like you know that's how these labels work man wow. i'm just saying okay like right you, you kind of see it though you, sure. you know what i mean it's like makes sense, oh, you the exposure right yeah and in the meantime you have slave labored and given your best work to the fucking as a, as a ghost producer man yeah. like you know what i mean how crazy is that you know what i mean so Jeez. you know that's kind of like um why especially me man we've just been doing our own thing now it's yeah. like dude fuck all these fucking uh i mean dude if you know like i said if rock nation wants to put some money behind like cali and stuff like that yeah, dude yeah. that's awesome man you know what i mean if they yeah. want to get a piece of that that's great but at the end of the day man the underground party is where it's at man like it clubs is. are out yeah, yeah. you know yeah, clubs are, are not it. fucking cool anymore yeah. man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, saying
0: that there, there, there's times when I, I look back at the days where we I, I used to go out with friends remember getting tables with your homies yeah yeah you yeah exactly. you go out and get tables you know you blow like two grand or three k Jeez. and you're just like the fuck did i just do really i yeah. bought two bottles for three thousand dollars and satin couches uh, in a club like no, no. I'm gonna, let's make these undergrounds let's bring our own alcohol and our own uh, party favors and have some fun yeah
1: you know and, and i think that that's just kind of crazy we've been talking about this how all these institutions are being replaced like hey you don't have to own a car anymore you yeah. can you can uber it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like i'm looking forward to not sure. having to have a and car anymore like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, who says we have to pay $5,000 for one bottle of vodka with some juice, man, with a pretty yeah. cool serving it to us, man. Yeah. man? That's insane, man. It like, is. Like, seriously. And it's wow. like...
0: <laughs> this, the club culture, the club scene is going to get disrupted. And I'm telling you. I'm just you. thinking about this now. I'm telling people you. People can make their own clubs. I mean, we've
1: been... People, the ravers, though, <laughs> they've been doing this for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we've been setting up in warehouse. Dude, I want to tell you about, um, you know, you always travel, man. I went to uh, uh, Berlin, right? Yeah, and yeah. I went to this place called. Uh, um, Tresser. It's like Bergheim. Bergheim is this, like, it's like the, they're in these underground factories, uh, manufacturing factories, um, these Berlin techno clubs, basically. So you go in there, I mean, the DJs are like behind cages, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The dance floor is like the manufacturing floor area, you know, it's oh, super wow. dingy. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? Like these are the underground parties that like, I don't know, I grew up in kind of like, you know, like for me, it's like, I don't want to pay that kind of money. I want an experience, man. Like I want to go, like go party in some place that they used to manufacture, like you know, ceiling fans and stuff like that. It's all dingy. It's hip. It's trendy. It's a story. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, man. So I don't know. It's just like you know, Mitch and I have always connected on uh, music and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too. So street art, music, and I really want to touch up on one more topic. man, Because all three of us uh, love this. EVA, man. Yes. Oh, you like, me 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 me, no, yeah.
0: I, I mean I actually trained too. I actually trained yesterday, last night, this unboxing. because of James. I signed up at the UFC gym, and so um, you know I'm doing jujitsu again. So cheap there, man. Yeah. At the UFC gym? Yeah. It's, Where? It's, it's I'm in the one in Northridge, and so I uh, it's it's been I've been doing Muay Thai for years. I've always had I always trained some sort of Muay Thai every every year for the past six years. But hardcore for about three years. First three years and then last year I was pretty um, uh, consistent at MTag Muay Thai America Gym yeah. amazing people
2: M-Tag in North uh, Hollywood. Hollywood with David, David. yeah and yeah that's where I David went for a little Sante. while yeah
0: David Santi. yeah, yeah nice. dude nice. that's awesome I love MTag. tag <laughs> like those are that's legit Muay Thai um,
2: yeah absolutely that's
1: one of the things that we always connected on
0: too especially like
1: um, you know, like like I said, we went to college together, and then we we reconnected after college, after we joined the workforce and everything like that. And one of the things we would always get the together, on, we would get together on is um, <laughs> watching MMA fights, man. And that time there was only like four MMA fights a year, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know, right? Like
0: we watched uh, Shogun versus um, Dan Henderson. Remember oh yeah. Oh my God! Which one? The first one the or the first second one? one? Crazy! But he's, oh,
2: that one of my, the best fights ever. Was it? Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. they both got CT just from that one oh, fight, God. right? Yeah, I mean, my so, God. Uh,
1: so let me let me ask
0: you: Do you think that the UFC is like for the better right now, or is it like? I think it's it's I think it's falling apart. Look, DJ uh, uh, just left. Demetrius yeah, Johnson. Demetrius and then just Ben Askren came. That's a cool it's a cool trade. I'm going to see him against um, Khabib. Um, <laughs> but like Bellator is interesting now yeah what's yes. interesting about it is the talent you know, mm-hmm. McDonald they yeah. have like like Jigar Musasi. you know they've got I mean they've got the oldies like you got like you know, Rampage and Wander- Vandalay, and, and um, even like you know the, the Emperor dude fucking like Pedro's uh, Fator. there, and then fuck man they're, they're getting these talents so it's like a WWF and uh, WCW back in the day dude I know man
1: ECW uh, is but, but
2: one one <laughs> is is, is charting themselves yeah. to be Pager. even bigger I mean, that's so cool you know what's the crazy that. thing man so cool. the thing is like 1FC new pride it's a new pride yeah 1FC yeah, sets itself
1: up to be like more respectful more martial artsy mm-hmm. you know what I mean and UFC obviously like dude we have Conor McGregor throwing the railing at the fucking bus like with yeah. WWEF right now it's like yeah. shit's out of control yeah <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean for yeah. the UFC man like really honestly like You know, if you guys don't follow UFC guys, I mean honestly it's like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera. This is the time to like start watching UFC for for the new for the new uh, for the people who love it, man. I mean like you can't even tell from reality to like the actual fight nowadays. You know what I mean? It's yeah, It's
2: very personal and and fast. Yeah. That's quickly. Yeah.
0: Kobe. (laughs)
1: Like. So who do you so you know, we got this fight coming up. Um, it's uh, uh, you know Derek Lewis and Ben oh. Armier
0: man yeah, DC. I DC mean, DC, DC survived Rumble <laughs> yeah man I <laughs> mean right. he beat Stevie hey. man come on yeah, yeah but
2: you know Derek Lewis is do Derek Rumble. Lewis is a different animal I know but Rumble <laughs> like Rumble I know but the, the the mindset it all has to do with the mindset too so, Anthony's so, a big see. guy and everything but once you break him he's he's broken Ooh, whereas man. Derek Lewis. He He'll take and a and beating. It and, and, and doesn't bother him.
1: Yeah. You know what? For the fans that don't listen to, uh, don't watch UFC, let's kind of just talk about some general stuff, okay? Because <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, <laughs> no, general stuff, general MMA I, stuff, okay? Like, honestly, uh, let's just go around the table and say, who, like, who's your, like, you know, name off a few of your favorite, or uh, if you can think of one, your favorite uh, MMA fighter. For me. Mitchell knows this i love gsp man like GSP, oh, yeah absolutely you know what he might not be the most <clears throat> exciting fighter to watch because he's made a lot of grappling you know what i mean but the guy has dedicated his life to martial. george st pierre you know google him yeah, watch this good book about him um you know documentaries and things like that he was an ambassador it's like a true martial artist man like mm-hmm. you know travel around the world to learn different types of martial arts and yeah. you know uh like i said he's always just been that true champion and i think that's like what always drew me to the sport because initially it turned me off because it was like a little brutal man like you know yeah <laughs> he's
2: he, he he's able to to win without being so brutal right and it's just
1: like kind of like uh like i said being an ambassador for martial arts nowadays when you have when you look at how conor mcgregor acts you know nah. and things like that you're kind of just like man like but, I you know, that that some
2: certain people, you know, that's a pull for them. Yeah, you know, yeah, like the yeah, WWE yeah. people love that. Yeah. You yeah, know, there's you know there's I mean, a certain type of people that, that do enjoy that.
1: Yeah, as a guy who, like, trains and stuff like that, you know, doesn't yeah, does yeah. and everything like that, but it's hard because whenever you're taught martial arts, you're taught to be respectful, you know what I mean? It's right, like, that's part of the code. You know, it's part of the code. And then although it's like, dude, this guy who's a great martial artist, um, like I said, it's the age of the strong man, man. It's like McGregor just acts like
2: Trump. Come
1: on, you know, like in many ways he does.
2: Well, he psyched a lot of his opponents out. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Man. Just like Trump does, exactly. he, he he did a lot of psyching them out. Um, but one of the things that that um, I'm you know noticing is all the the ways they're trying to make it safer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And um, one of the things that I actually like about the the one 1FC um, one 1FC one yeah. is that they allowed kneeing a downed opponent That's crazy and soccer kicks okay which That's it doesn't make sense that the UFC doesn't allow it because if you're allowing someone to do a roundhouse kick mm-hmm. and 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 land their fucking femur on your bandilla or magzilla or crack mm-hmm. your face open then why will not you let someone knee you when when you're down
1: you know it, it, they have hydration tests at 1FC too you, you know what I mean so it's really interesting because weight cutting is such an issue right yeah. you, you know what I mean so they actually test the hydration of the ah, fighters so, so they it's can't safer. Cut weight yeah so like I said I mean mm. the fighting is not as spectacular as UFC I'm telling you man I mean the, the skill set
0: is not there yet you know what I mean but it's still good to watch man I think it's so it's who's an, it's an who's, your, who's
2: your who's your
0: longest? it was uh, it's Jose Aldo man I just yeah, love like his style man it's and I like it before he got knocked out by Clark McGregor oh, man. <laughs> I, know. Oh. I like this attitude as in like he was he like, psyched Jose Aldo out yeah, man. he did he, he, just, he, he brought out like a different side of him that's still with him now you can see it he brought it out yeah and it's because uh, it was the longest time and Jose Aldo was you know basically undefeated yeah right? and unstoppable yeah. And, but he was so humble like he would like not even look at his opponents when, his, when they're in the face you know I remember face that face down yeah I remember and that and whoop your ass yes and what I liked about him was his style so as a martial artist he is the pure like Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, yes. martial yes, absolutely. It's like he's, it's his Muay Thai brutal. is so Muay Thai, and his Jiu Jitsu is like just brutal. remember like, what
2: he did to Uriah Faber. Oh my God, oh man! Kicks. He leg
0: kicked him until his leg. Uriah Faber's
2: leg was twice the yeah. size the next day. I mean, it if you if gonna, you ever go on Google or whatever, yeah, you look at Uriah crazy. Faber exactly. after Jose Aldo fight, and it's just that leg is just massive. I just yeah. I was wincing. Watching that. Yeah, exactly. Fire. You're just
1: getting the UFC. That is a fight, man. Seriously. But
2: but there is some issues though when it comes to some of the Brazilian fighters mm. of the steroid <laughs> issue because yeah, 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 they yeah, don't yeah. get tested when they're not fighting in Like look at Vitor. yeah he tore Belfort and and Renan
0: turned into like a sag
2: Hindenborough I mean he was on a wild tear but then USADA Mm -hmm. came along and Mm -hmm. ooh I
1: didn't even think about
2: that yeah it's true
1: you know what's interesting man like um, uh, just the whole steroid thing I mean before Mm -hmm. it was so rampant and that I mean you never know who's been a dirty fighter and who Mm -hmm. you you know you really don't you know people take that to the grave you know I mean Um, I'm happy they're cleaning it up but it's weird, man. Like I said, they're cleaning up the steroid part, but the sport, the attitudes, are getting dirtier. <laughs> yeah, you know right. I, mean? I right? know. It's it's, like yeah. so. What about you, Teach? I mean, who have you always enjoyed as a UFC fighter? Just for the, you know. I'm a DC guy. You're a yeah, DC you know guy. I mean? awesome. I,
2: just because he he um, he was getting hated on for for. Doing the right thing, yeah. you know what I mean. Like <laughs> people are always hating on him because he was complaining. Well, you know, this guy's a bad guy. You know, like when he was having John, a feud yeah. with John Jones. Yeah. You know? well, John, John Jones is he just, couldn't do anything right. Yeah, but he could kick your fucking ass. Yeah, John Jones is such yeah. a like
1: just such a good fighter, man. I mean, That's like, right. That's it, the
2: thing. You know, this is—it's—it's it's the fight business. So you can't really expect these people to be, you know, one hundred percent, you know, perfect citizens. You no, know, trust if you—if you're, me, man, if you're life, a fighter. You know, you're yes. going to be a better fighter than you are uh, a humane person. Yeah. yeah, trust me, man. My,
1: my little is the crowd, the, 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 you know, the fight crowd. You know, it's a little rough around the edges. Like yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> man, like seriously. Yeah. Man, you know what I mean? But the thing is, like, at the end of the day, that's what I always felt like. It's like because they're martial artists, though, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like they, it's a training to control that roughness. You, yeah. you know what right. I mean? And, but now, like I'm saying, like, it just bothers me that... Um, you know, he gets so much attention. And then at the end of the day, it's like, man, we all we all watched that Mayweather fight, man. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they, uh, even the Khabib fight, Khabib was standing up with him. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Standing, I know. I mean, he clocked him. That
1: was the craziest uh, UFC's yeah. highest pay per view ever, too. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. just like, man, the numbers don't talk, man. They sold it as, like, these guys hate each other, man. Like, you know, and then it just worked, man. I mean. But
2: I think if you look at the numbers, I think that most of those pay-per-view buys came in through Russia and through Ireland. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Russia's so a huge market. Not as many huh? as in the in the States, but that's where that extra, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. amount comes from. You yeah. Usually get, they average where somewhere around 1.2, you know, one for uh, mm-hmm. UFC uh, events, like yeah. the numbered events or whatever. And then, um, you know, some are bigger some are smaller but that is so much more bigger because of all the fucking Russians and the Irish that were watching from their countries yeah, yeah. man I mean
1: like I said it's a global market man and that's, the,
2: that's why the way the UFC runs things now it's not based on merit you know it's not based on, on know, how it's good a, you are it's, yeah. way, what's the it's, it's based on uh, how big your crowd is yeah.
1: Tony Ferguson's belt yes <laughs> no reason no <For> no reason
2: <laughs> I
1: know. I'll be one so of the bad most badass in motherfuckers yeah. in he the is, UFC, like no, pure,
2: he is pure like, fighter. So good, just pure fighter. He's just a
0: fucking mean For non-UFC fans, like, sorry guys, look it, like, it up.
1: Like,
2: guys, look it's it's like, it like, really yeah, yeah, really <laughs> I'm figuring out. oh wait, wait. One so one, one other thing about DC, one another reason why I like DC is he's just he's just a hard worker. Yeah, you know what I mean, and he never ever failed. The drug test. How many did they put him through? Like oh, fifty yeah. or sixty mm-hmm. of them. Exactly. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be allowed to test him anymore. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's should just exactly. okay. You yeah. know, you're good. You know.
1: And Melissa, uh, who's you know, trains at AKA, my little sis, always says that. He's such like a
2: positive guy. That's to, right. That's to like right. text
1: her and saying like, hey, like, how you doing? I've seen you at the gym for a little while. Like very, very inspirational. Good. Well, he's um, a father,
2: so he's got that instinct, yeah, right? Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And I, I am just thinking, man, he's, this guy's such a badass. He's the heavyweight champion. He's a light mm-hmm. heavyweight yeah. champion. If he just like got his diet in order, he could probably be the middleweight champion yeah. too. No,
2: like, no, 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 he, no. You don't think He was so? about to pass out at 205. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you remember when he was grabbing a hole in the towel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towel. But, but you, I'm just saying, he's still carrying around a lot of fat. I don't know, though. Like, so, he, yeah, you
0: know, you know what I mean. So I'm just saying, like, it's just so... But like, his like, frame, his
2: out. frame for 205 is that's pushing it for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dude, dude, he would like destroy Whitaker. Oh my
2: God! <laughs> oh my yeah, God. 185 <laughs> is if he if he was he able to make it. Him. Oh my God! If he if he ballooned
0: up, <laughs> back up. Oh my God! <laughs> no, of course, Whitaker's like, he's a he's he's an animal too. He's good. Just yeah. DZ like so, another so, weight class. Real
1: quick, it was like kind of like. Um, uh, oh, okay. et- the uh, GSP-Michael Bisping fight. I don't know if you saw saw that that. fight. Oh, yeah. It was 185, man. Like, you know, honestly, that was, like, it was a great fight because it was, like, the old fogies, who used to watch it all, were excited, and then Mm -hmm. the younger guys who are just discovering the sport. Like, you know what I mean? But, like I said, it's just crazy that, like, Man, that one was like one of the best UFC sales ever. And then the Conor McGregor one, it's like, boom, which formula are we going to choose, man? Yeah, the martial yeah, yeah. artist or we're going to choose the shit talker? Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, so, that's, yeah, it, it, that's, yeah, but that's
2: what I'm saying. It comes down to, you know, uh, who has the bigger crowd. is going to get the bigger um, venues.
0: Yeah, because you know who's one of my verifiers fighters, too. Like, honestly, because he's from Cali, is fucking Nick Diaz, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Jack, <laughs> that is when you grew up in California. He's Don't going, be afraid. G. Don't be scared. Don't, Don't be... be scared. Homie. That's just the G, and he's also a, a martial artist. Like he is a yeah, sure. black belt, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's a fucking boxing beast. And for me, you know the Silva fight and the and the Condit fight, like. You know, I
1: was yeah. there. at the still fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah you yeah. were there when he was yeah. acting all crazy I and laying down, down and everything. everything. I was there. Yeah, I was
1: in Vegas. Acting oh there. God. The first UFC fight I ever went to. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: Because he was one of the. I don't one of the first shit talkers, but he was like, you know, that's why when he, when Nate Diaz and Carmen Cregg fight, it's the best. I love it because it's such the best shit talking. One of my favorite shit talking sessions in the world.
2: Oh yeah. And then is-
0: um, so uh, one of
1: the guys who works on the do shout out to Jose. He's a, uh, they're like the guy who does recovery for them, dude. He yes. said he would come on the podcast and yes. talk about MMA sometime. He does recovery for a lot of AKA guys, oh, yeah. and he does recovery for uh, the Diaz brothers, basically. Oh wow, this is, dude, uh, dude, you always see him in the back. He always has a hat with a weed leaf on it. Says medicine man, <laughs> dude. Anyways, he's a homie, man. Like Jose he said, he'd come on the podcast and talk about MMA sometime,
0: man. Amazing.
1: So that would be cool. Yeah, man. definitely, man. Well, shit, man. I mean, I kind of want to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Mean, It's all. It's, it's almost. It's, uh, but it's almost been an hour, man. It's awesome, and You know, we've done quite a few today, dude. Yeah. Uh, but the course. main thing is, like, dude, man, so is there anything, like, you really are working on right now that yeah. you want to promote, basically, besides, I mean, Rape Train kind of talked about it.
0: Yeah, so uh, right now, um, I have a few brands. One um, I really like is uh, Asylum right now that I'm working on. It's a web series go at The Asylum 11, and it's um, a story. It's an Instagram storyboard. So we... Have an amazing uh, crew. We had a really talented photographer, Sequoia Manuel, creative director Kelsey Ray, and then the writer, you know, David O'Neill, We really created this awesome project, and it's the Asylum Eleven, and we're coming out with, uh, with a short film that I directed. Uh, also, Wave Train. Um, we cover EDM events. We also do EDM content, and uh, we're doing. We're to throw some parties. Man. Throw some parties together, and then <laughs> Hell six. yeah! It's coming up. <laughs> And we're gonna be filming season six. and gonna come out soon. So just catch out Raytrain at Raytrain TV, Strive TV, B Boy Hip Hop content. It's really dope at Strive TV. And then just catch up on my updates on Doom's official. I do a lot. I, I DJ. I film. I film for big brands. I do cool ass fucking videos. Yeah, man. Season, I mean, everything. go out and catch uh,
1: you know, Mitchell at a, a townhouse, townhouse man, yeah, out yeah. of Venice. If you, you know what I mean. First like like uh,
0: second and fifth Saturday, yeah, and I mean, every
1: third Friday. You know, we're going we're gonna to be trying to do some events together, man. Yeah, we, so, we have to, no, So, gonna, I mean, like, seriously, I want to throw some raves with you, man. Books and yeah. headliners or something oh, like yeah, that, no, no. you know what yeah, I mean? we, we got should. this new space, man, so.
2: I'll get a babysitter for that night and come yeah. on out myself. <laughs> Teacher's going to DJ. It's going to be his uh, world premiere. Oh, my God. Well,
1: I'm telling you, man, I want to do some, like, visual kind of coordination, yeah. stuff like that, or at least just shoot some sort of, get back into uh, shooting some shoot street art in. videos, too, yes. you know what I mean? So, like I said, man, we we just wanted to invite you because uh, you know you started this thing with me. Yes. And uh, nowadays, it's just like it's it's been so long. I feel like we have the credibility, just with T-shirt too, as a resident artist to uh, get a bunch of different artists on, and um, you know any. Mm-hmm. We want to kind of share these opportunities with you too, man. Yeah. So anytime you have anything to promote, man, just come back on, and we love talking. Love
0: to. to. You. I mean, this has been a great time, T-shirt. Thank you for. Us into your awesome home. James, thank you for inviting me, bro. Oh, yeah, like, Honestly, yeah. It's, uh, I'm really, really grateful that I kept in touch and been friends for this long and built something that's been awesome. And to see you here makes me happy. I you, are yeah. chilling. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you, you guys for right. you seeing what we're going to be doing next. Yeah, yeah. very much, man. Yeah, we'll keep
0: nice. you guys informed, right? The next next season. Yeah. Bye, guys. fun you. Bye.